0: وَلَا يَحُضُّ عَلَى طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَن صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ يُرَاءُونَ وَيَمْنَعُونَ الْمَاعُونَ رَبِّ اشرح لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسْرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقْتَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه ومن استنبى سنته إلى يوم الدين اللهم اجعلنا منهم ومن الذين آمنوا وعمل الصالحات وتواسب الحق الصبر آمين رب العالمين السلام عليكم الله As you just heard the recitation, we are beginning our study of Suratul Ma'un today, also called Suratul الدين among other names. Just a few introductory comments to get the conversation started. First and foremost, the previous surah concludes with very, very, very strong commentary and really a demand made on the Quraysh. We heard the words, "Falya'budu al-Bait." Then they should enslave themselves willingly and worship the master of this house. This was a demand placed on the Quraysh. This surah, however, Begins not with what they should do, but what they are in fact doing. So it's a contrast between what they should be doing and what they are in fact doing. Allah is essentially commenting on the reality of the Quraysh as it was at that time. This surah is a very powerful, sharp, uncompromising, unapologetic, you can even argue controversial depiction of social corruption in that society. So the Prophet ﷺ, who is not in any position of power, by majority count this is a, a Makki surah, though some opinions are that this is Madani. And we'll discuss why those opinions exist. And we'll, we'll, we'll see how to comprehensively understand it with the time comes. But nonetheless, majority count, this is a Makki surah. And In Meccan times, we know the Prophet ﷺ is not in a position of any kind of social or political power. And for him to be pointing direct fingers at people that are in a position of power, and are actually in such a position of power that they can actually, they can do what they want to others. Especially those who don't have any backing. And of course, the classic case of someone who doesn't have any support behind them is al-yateem, the orphan. The orphan is someone you can, Abuse and so push around and beat up on, etc, etc. And if there's no system behind him, there's no family, no tribe, no government, no police, no, nothing behind him to defend him, he's defenseless, he's on his own, he or she, they're on their own. So in that time, Allah Azza equips His Messenger ﷺ with this very powerful surah. So the tone has changed. You see in the previous surah, Allah was reminding Quraysh of the favors Allah has given them. He didn't threaten them in that surah. He just told them, you get to enjoy your caravans summer and winter. I gave you food, I gave you safety. He, just mentioning his favors, no warnings. But since their behavior didn't change even after mentioning those favors, this is called in psychology, you know, positive reinforcement. If positive reinforcement is not enough, now the other side, negative reinforcement. Now Allah Azza wa Jalla sharply comments on what the reality of their behavior is. Now, at first glance, if you read a translation of this surah, it seems as though this surah is talking about two distinct groups. It's divided into two halves. It's a very short surah, seven ayat. أَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي يُكَذِّبُ بِالدِّينِ فَذَلِكَ الَّذِي الْيَتِيمَ وَلَا يحُبُّ عَلَى طَعَامِ This is the first part. Very roughly translated, did you see the one who lies against the religion? Then he, you know, pushes the orphan around. Then he doesn't even encourage the feeding of the poor, and I'm not going into any depth right now, just a shallow translation. So it's one kind of person. Then the next half seemingly of the surah seems to talk about a separate group. فَوَيْلُ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ أَلَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ الَّذينَ هم ويمنعون Then the worst kind of destruction to, is to fall upon those who pray, who when they pray they are heedless and careless and casual, and, and not and neglectful and those who pray when they pray they show off and show off otherwise also and forbid and keep uh, forbid each other and themselves from even giving the tiniest favor to someone else it seems like there were two groups but as we study the surah in depth what we're going to discover surprisingly is actually this is one group This is one group that's being talked about. And we're gonna try to figure out the connection between the first half of this surah with the second half of this surah. The first half of this surah, clearly someone who's not a believer. And the second half of the surah, someone who's praying. Okay, they're showing off when they're praying, and they're cheap. They're bakheel, fine. But they're still praying. So it seems as though it's talking about a believer. By the way, remember I said there's an opinion that surah is madani. At least some opinion is the latter part of this surah is madani because it's talking about people who pray and people who pray and show off these are munafiqun, hypocrites. And of course hypocrites were not a problem of Makkah, they were a problem of... Medina, and this is where this opinion comes from this is, so it seems like the first half talking about kuffar, disbelievers and the second half talking about hypocrites munafiqun. but as we will discover inshallah ta'ala though that is a legitimate opinion the more powerful opinion which encompasses this opinion and teaches us even more is that the whole thing is a commentary on the Quraysh the entire thing but we'll have to do a little digging before we figure that out inshallah ta'ala a few surahs ago, the Messenger was given a very powerful argument. And at the end of that argument in Surah Al-Teen, this was a few weeks ago now, at the end of Surah At-Teen, Allah mentioned the power of that argument with words, فَمَا Biddin. What after this argument, after even this has come, what is left that will lead somebody to lie against you in regards to the religion? The argument is so powerful, there's no excuse left for someone to lie against you in terms of this deen. This is what we discussed in detail in Surah al But it seems as though even the most powerful argument of the Qur'an, when people fall into the depths of corruption, even the most powerful of arguments are not enough. So this surah begins, al-ladhi bid There he said, فَمَا Now he's saying, al-ladhi bidin, very similar language. There he said, what, "What's left? What excuses left that they would lie against the deen? And now talking to the same messenger. By the way, in that ayah also, Allah was talking to His messenger. Fama ka. The ka was referring to the messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In this surah, the very first words, arayita. The ta in the arayita referring again to the messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Did you see the one, meaning, O messenger, did you see the one who lies against the religion, even though these arguments have been given? What kind of point of no return has this person reached? He can still lie against the religion? What kind of low state have the, has this person reached, and Allah will expose in this surah how he got to this lowest of the low? there he only warned about it رددناه, remember that asfelin the lowest of the low now that will be depicted. but there the, the discussion was general because it, the surah was you know it spoke about the human being insan is all human beings. But this surah comes right after Quraysh. And the messenger is being asked, did you see? Now who did he see? He doesn't see all of humanity. Who does he see? He sees the Quraysh. So now it's the fingers being pointed. It goes from general warning for all humanity to very specific targeted warning and and pointing the finger directly at these criminals in Quraysh, specifically the leadership of Quraysh as we will notice inshallah ta'ala. So araaita the first words it's a rhetorical question did you see now we've come across two kinds of questions that Allah asks his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says alam tara didn't you see that's in suratul fil he said alam tara faala ashabil fil alam tara faala right so this is alam tara didn't you see and now did you see so what's the difference between these two things well, the first of them, Alam tara As we learned when we were studying Surah al and other times when Alam tara occurred, it actually includes a state in which the messenger is overwhelmed. The messenger is overwhelmed, he's depressed. Or he is being, you know, he's constantly being bombarded with attacks, and he's making da'wah, and he doesn't see any results. And he sees that these people have all the power, and he doesn't. And Allah reminds him, didn't you know about these other cases I dealt with? And how my help arrived. So that didn't you that's used in the cases when the messenger is in distress. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But here is a case of Allah Azza wa showing the strength of his Messenger, pointing at those to look down upon them looking down upon the Qur'an. So this, in, instead of the Messenger being in a position of distress, now he's in a position of power almost. Allah is putting him in, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we'll see how that plays out as the surah continues. The other thing that's really beautiful to note here is a, a, a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sheikh Muhammad al Sha'arawi rahimahullah, beautifully commented on this, uh, uh, in his dars on this surah. He said a teacher, because you know Allah says, 'al-lam al-Qur'an,' He taught the Qur'an. A teacher to get the students involved he asks them questions to, and he knows the answer they know already. And he only does that so they wake up and they pay even more attention in the lesson. So what is 2 plus 2 again? The math teacher will say. And he knows the, they know the answer, but he's doing this too. Get them involved in the discussion. Get them thinking, get their minds working. And this is the uslub, the style of a teacher, to ask rhetorical questions. This is constantly done in teaching. And Allah Azza wa Jalla is teaching. So He's getting the audience involved, in this case, the Messenger himself, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and ash shawkani comments later on that it includes kullud, كل... aqlin Everybody who possesses an intellect is being asked. Don't you see? You're being asked to observe. Allah is asking you to apply yourself in the lesson that is to be learned. Because you will not learn this lesson just reading the ayah. You'll have to think about the world and what Allah wants you to see and think about. He's asking you to think. He's asking you to be open-minded and you know reflect upon the reality around you. So what is he asking us to reflect upon? The first words after ara'aita are alladhi. Alladhi, the one who. This alladhi is understood in two ways in classical tafsir in this ayah. One that this is khas, this mukhtas. It's specifically referring to a particular kafir a particular disbeliever. Be it al-As ibn Wa'il, or Walid ibn Mughira, or it could be Akhnas ibn Shureyq, or Abu Jahal, and the most popular Abu Lahab even. Abu Lahab because the surah is coming that's specifically dedicated to him also. And also because he was the treasurer. He was in charge of giving the monies away that used to come into the funds of the, the Kaaba, He was the treasurer. So he's in the best position to deny the orphan and to deny the needy, which is what this surah is about. So one al referring to specifically, specifically these people, Targeting them one at a time. The second is that it's referring to anyone w- w- for whom the description fits. So, umum al general language, Allah didn't call them out by name. Allah didn't say, Ara'ayta walid, walida, right? He, d- he didn't say, Did you see Walid ibn Muhira? arait al akhnas ibn Shuraiq, d- ibn Shuraiq. He didn't say that. So, if he didn't say that, it may include them, but it's not limited to them. That's the idea, right? It's, it includes them, but it's not limited to them. But the thing to note here is the criminal the criminal, especially the one who has a guilty conscience, when you say to him, did you see the one who lies against the religion? Or if, I, if, you, if one of you has a guilty conscience, you've been you know, impatient with your children. And I say, you know, there are people that are very impatient with their children. And the person listening in the audience is like, who told him? Brother, why are you looking at me like that? You know what happens? I, I'm not looking at you, but you feel like I'm looking at you. Why? Because there's a guilty conscience, and you, get, you expose yourself. You expose yourself. So by using this الَّذِي, it is almost a poking at these criminals. Is he talking about me? Was that about me? Who told him that about me? How dare he talk about me? So he gets them to start thinking (laughs) that the messenger is actually directly coming after them. But not too explicitly, but explicitly enough to them, for them to be perturbed and think, maybe people are thinking, I'm the one being humiliated in this surah. So it's actually creating a friction in the community when this surah is being recited. We have to understand, when Qur'an is revealed, it's not just you know people sitting in a dars listening. When the Qur'an is being revealed, and the messenger is reciting, sallallahu wasallam, it's creating problems in that society for the kuffar. It's creating problems for them. It's creating a rift. Every ayah falls upon them like an attack and they, they get exposed, and they feel like their foundations are being rattled. This is the scenario that's being presented in this surah, subhanallah. So, الَّذِي yukathib, We have to figure out the difference between الَّذِي يُكَذِّبُوا بِالدِّينَ and الَّذِي يَكْفُرُ The one who lies against, that's how I'm roughly translating, the one who lies against the religion, as opposed to the one who denies the religion. Kufr. You know what kufr is denial, rejection altogether. But what's the difference between kufr and takdib? This is the word takdib. What's the difference between these two things? Kufr is outright denial and rejection. Takdib, lying against someone, is really it's a really interesting concept in Arabic in that when you're lying against someone, you've made someone an enemy. And it includes a few things. You're calling them a liar. So the one who does takdhib is calling the religion a lie, or is calling the messenger a liar, right? This is yukadhibu bi-ayatillah, yukadhibu bi-rasulillah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, But in addition, it also means you know it's true, and you're lying against it anyway. A kafir is rejecting it. He didn't even acknowledge it, he didn't accept it or whatever. He's just rejecting it. But a a mukadzib is someone who accepted that it's true, but he decided I'm gonna lie against it anyway. In other words, he himself is a liar when he's engaged in the act. And for him to be a liar, it would have to mean what is inside him is different from what is coming out of his tongue. That's what a liar is. So what's inside him is that this is true. That's already inside him, but he's decided to be an enemy against it. So he lies against the religion despite what his conscience inside tells him. He kills his conscience, chokes it himself, and then lies against the religion. Subhanallah. This is alladhi yukathibu. In other words, Allah is not just talking about the outward who says, I don't believe in Muhammad ﷺ. Allah is making a commentary on the psychological state of the kafir, letting him know, I know what's going on inside you. I know that you've already accepted this to be true. And I know it's your ego, and it's your arrogant behavior, and your criminal addictions that are keeping you from accepting this religion. So I'm gonna call you not أَلَّذِي din but bid-din. Subhanallah. It's a very sharp word to be used here. The other thing is, it's not Alladhi kadhaba. See, Ara'aita was in the past tense. Did you see? Did you see? In other words, the Messenger has already seen. He doesn't say أترى. Did Do you see? That would be present tense. mean you go out and see them now, but he's already been seeing them. But when it comes to Yukedi the Mudara form, the present form is used. it's continuity. In other words, they lie against the religion every single day. There are so many opportunities that come before them to accept it, and they reject every single one of them. would have been, he did it once. He lied against the religion once. Yukathibu He keeps doing it. He hears more ayat, and it confirms inside of him, yeah, this, is ha- this has to be the truth. And he comes after it again, and there's more تَكْذِب and more تَكْذِب and more تَكْذِب That's inside the word yukathibu. Then we turn to the word deen. A long discussion on the word deen has come before in Tafsir al Juz So I won't go into a too long of a discussion. But I'll first explain to you the, the importance of this word because it's coming again, inshallah ta'ala, when we, when we get to إِذَا جَاءَ Deen الله, right? Deen will come up, the word will come up again. It's understood essentially, even though it's a long discussion, in two ways. You can look at it as a technical term, and you can look at it as a literary term. So there are the two ways of looking at it. The technical term, you know, uh, al-istilah, what's called the te- terminology, is when in a language, a word is used generally, and then you start using it for a particular science. I'll give you a general example before we come to the religion. For example, there's the word um, journal. The word journal. Everybody here understands what the word journal means. But if you are an editor of a magazine, or you're in the publishing business, when you hear the word journal, you understand something very specific. You're not thinking about somebody's personal journal where they're writing comments. You're thinking about a published, you know, academic journal or a published journal. Similarly, if you're talking to an accountant, And you say journal. They're thinking the accounting journal, which has the debit and credit in it, and they keep their records in it, etc. So the word is general, but if you speak to someone in a particular field, it has a particular meaning. Same thing happens interestingly with the word site. Right? If you're talking to somebody who works in construction, you say, I'm working on a site. They're thinking of construction site. You talk to a developer or a programmer, I'm working on a site. Oh, what's the address? What's the URL? They're thinking of a website. You understand? Because they come from a particular background, it has a particular meaning. The same thing happens with certain terms in Arabic because Islam came and gave them very particular meanings. The word salah, the word prayer was always there. It had its own meaning. But when Islam came, after Islam came, when the word salah is used, it's not just used for any prayer. Which one is it used for? The divinely taught, ordained prayer. Right? The five daily prayers, at the very least, that's what it's referring to, the particular form of prayer. It's not referring to kneeling or holding your hands you know, together or lighting a candle or anything like that. Now it, it changed. Similarly, there's the word deen. Generally, it has a meaning. But more particularly, after Islam, it is a reference to Islam itself. When you say ad-deen, they lie against the deen. After Islam, it refers to Islam. So, some scholars have said this ayah is saying, Did you see the one who lies against Islam, the deen of Islam? Others have said, No, this is actually referring because this is a Madani surah, and the word Islam has not become overly popular yet. Allah is still speaking in general terms. They understood when they heard deen, they heard it, they understood it in its literary sense, and there are both arguments that are present. The, The languages of the ayah is vast enough that it can include both. Right? so the first was did you see the one who lies against the deen together did he, meaning he lies against the messenger the Quran the religion of Islam the concept of la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but then there's the other meaning of deen which is from dana okay? Yadinu." and that literally means to give a loan to give a loan and it's different from the word hiba hiba in Arabic is to give a gift And the difference between a dain and hiba is a hiba is given; you don't expect it back. But dain is given, and you expect it back. And it's so disgusting to the Arab that you would give a gift and expect it back. They say it's the same as taking back your vomit. They they consider it that disgusting to take a ask for a gift back that you had given. But when it comes to dain, I gave you a loan. There's a there's a set date I want it back. This idea of getting payback, payback. They actually use this as an expression, not just for loans, but for payback also. For example, kama etadinu tudanu, the way you deal with people, you will be dealt with. The way you issued payback to them, you'll be dealt back the same hand. Or dinna kama danu, dinna hum kama danu. We dealt with them the way they had dealt with us. To deal with someone and to give them payback exactly in what they had done to you. In that sense, deen refers to payback. And in the sense of payback, you have to understand the first thing that the Prophet started talking about that raised a controversy. You remember he goes up on the mount and starts talking? And the first concept that he's bringing to their attention, there are three core concepts in belief. There's tawheed in Allah, oneness of Allah, the fact that he's a messenger, the concept of risala, and there's the next life. But the most... The biggest hurdle for these people of these three is the next life. You will, you will wake up after you die the same way you wake up after you go to sleep. This, is not, this was not something acceptable to them. And this deen, this concept of deen, more than anything else, when will you be paid back for every good thing you did and every bad thing you did, it is in the next life. So as Shawkani and other scholars commented, when the word deen is used here, al-jaza wal hisab fil-akhirah. Did you see the one who lies against the idea, the concept of being paid back in full and being accounted for at the finest detail in the next life? They can't accept that. And understand this, this surah I told you exposes their corruption. We are learning the root of corruption. You could believe in a God. You could believe in Him. You could believe in some religion. But if your belief is weak in that you will have to answer for the things you do, then you, it'll be easy for you to engage in criminal behavior even if you're religious. Even if you're praying. And why am I saying even if you're praying? Because Allah does talk about people who are praying in this surah. But it's still easy for them to do horrendous crimes, to do terrible things. Why? Because the concept of the akhirah is not there. You know, for, a, for a, any person, the first thing that will keep them away from criminal behavior is the fear of consequence. There's a red light with a camera on it. Right? That'll, that'll instill taqwa in anyone. Right? That'll slow anybody down. Because they, they, there's a consequence right there. I will be given a ticket. I will lose my license. There's a police officer right there. And sometimes we even have belief in the unseen. There might be a police officer there around the corner, right? Alladina yumminuna bil Right? So that's, this is the, the idea is if you are, if you're convinced that you'll be, you'll have to pay back, or there will be consequences for what you're doing, you'll stick, you'll sit back. You'll, t- you'll think again about it, right? So Allah begins, did you see the one who doesn't, c- he lies against the idea of having to pay back. Now lies against, once again, let's tie the two things together. If he lies against it, it means something in his heart tells him, I will have to pay back. But he says, nah, and he lies against it, and makes a mockery of it. Oh, you're afraid of hell, huh? How hot can it get anyway? And what are you gonna get in paradise? And people making fun of paradise, right? Somewhere in the back of their mind, maybe there is an afterlife. But they wanna bury that idea, and lie against it and move on casually. Because they don't care. And this is this surah is about people who don't care, by the way, and we'll see that as the surah progresses. And in the speech, part of the rhetoric of the surah is that there is an omission. This sometimes Allah speaks in brief terms, and then there is more being said in between the lines. That's called Hadf in Arabic, a mission. So we're going to open it up and Understand what is implied by the words of the scholars. الَّذِي يُكَذِّبُ Musibun هُوَ Did you see the one who lies against this concept of having to pay back in the end? Is he right or is he wrong? Is he really on the right track or wrong? Have you thought about how, how off he is? So this is the, the, the full statement. عَمْرُ بِنْ الْوَلِيدِ بِنْ Ahnas ibn Shuraiq, others said, like I told you, Abu Jahal, Abu Lahab, these are the people that are implied within. Among, generally, even nowadays. Waqil al Ru'ya, as far as seeing is concerned, hiya al Basariya. That it's literal seeing. One way of understanding is that literally seeing. That the messenger is being said, Have you seen these people with your own eyes and how they behave? So literally, so it's more pointed. But other is that this is from the point of view of tadabbur. Have you reflected upon people who lie against the concept of the next life to see literally and to see figuratively like i told you before if you say i see him right literally but if somebody explains something to you and you say oh i see when you when you use the words i see now it's not literal it's figurative i understand do you understand the one who lies against the, the, this concept of payback in the end then the second issue do you see or did you see Ma'naha Ma'nahu Araft bil This is Imam Razi Lam ta'rifu. Did you have you recognized the one who lies against having the payback in the end? What kind of person is he? How will you recognize him? How will you recognize this is a person who has no belief in ever having the payback? This is the question has been asked, and usually such a question you would know. Yeah, I think I know the answer. But in this surah, Allah is answering the question. Allah is telling you, let me tell you how you will know that this person has no iman in the next life. Fa da yatim. Fa is important here. Fa then, and let's let's study this word fa inshallah. Ta'ala when we get to the next ayah, but let's finish the commentary on this ayah first. Bal li kulli aqil. ya aqil did you and so one of the opinions is arayta is not only referring to the messenger sallallahu alaihi but to anyone who possesses the ability to think for themselves did you did you notice o person who, who claims to have an intellect ladhi biddin wa ayaf'alu how Did you see this one who lies against the religion after all the evidences have been produced? Remember, we talked about Surah al and all the evidences having been produced? And Allah said, What, what will keep you now? Fama ba'du but even then, after all this clarification, he's still lying against his deen. He could still do this. Then the other, actually, this I'll skip because I already talked to you about it, either referring to a specific person or generally. But then this is a really interesting comment by Imam Razi, very very insightful. فَثَبَتَ أَنَّ إِنْكَارَ الْقِيَامَةِ كَالْأَصْلُ, كَالْأَصْلِ لِجَمِيعِ أَنْوَاعِ الْكُفْرِ <وَالْمَعَصِي> It is Allah is establishing that the denial of resurrection, denying resurrection is the essence of all disbelief, all forms of disbelief and of rebellion. That the, the fundamental thing that will keep people away from religion, it's not that hard to accept the revelation because it appeals to the intellect. To understand the concept of one God is not that far-fetched. It is this concept that I'll have to pay back for what I do. Because that means I have to change my behavior right away and people are not used to changing their behavior. The human being wants to continue to exceed himself in what is right in front of him, and to continue to disobey violently. In whatever is in front of him, he doesn't care. He doesn't want to change. He doesn't want to change. And this is the, re- this is the real reason that he doesn't want to accept the religion. It's too harsh a reality to accept. You know when a reality is really harsh, you find an escape. And a lot of people do this nowadays, we call them losers, really. You can't find a job, and you've been you applied for jobs for a while and then you gave up and you just sit home and deny reality play video games all day or you know the idea of just denying reality being out, you know that's exactly this person the reality was you'll have to pay for your deeds and he doesn't want to live by that reality so he's in this in his own little imaginary world where there are no problems he can just party every day and not think about tomorrow you know that whole concept of live for today right or life short or live it up you know you only get one chance you're right. Only get one chance, but the, you know, this nihilistic concept, right? To just or, or this concept of just just live for pleasure. The ultimate goal of life is pleasure. Nothing else. That is these these people who lie, who are rejecting the concept of having to do anything with the with the next life. Let's move forward. Inshallah, wa ta'ala. we we talked about the implications of deen, deen versus Hiba. Uh, and the and the two so I won't go into the technicalities again. Fadali دُعُ let's go to the next ayah. Al ijazbil that the, one of the, uh, the, the, there's allegory inside this ayah by omitting again. Haf minhu shart ay in if you want to know who truly lies against the deen, then that is the one who lies against the religion. So this fa' is being explained in that way. That fa' is the proof that someone doesn't believe in the afterlife is the one who pushes the orphan around. And the orphan is a representation of someone who doesn't have support. So someone who doesn't have social support. An orphan, by the way, defined specifically as someone who lost their parents in the in childhood age. So i the in the Arabic sense isn't someone who lost their parents in older age, but in childhood age. Now you know when, when a parent is lost, you know, even in older age, one feels helpless, one feels depressed, one feels like you know the ground from underneath their feet has been taken away. It's a very heavy thing, even for an adult. Can you even imagine for a child? How helpless a child feels. A child, you know, we don't remember our parents as adults much. But a child, just think about how many times they say, mom and dad, abba, mama. How many times they call their mother and their father out every single day. It just go, they don't even think about it constantly on their mind. They, didn't, they don't see their mother for two minutes. They're in the same house, they don't see them for two minutes. Mama, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Right? This happens to a child. They, they have this need. This, their world, their shelter is their mother or their father. And when those are taken away, a yatim. Can you imagine how helpless this child is? And how sad this child's life is? So these are the people that are worthy of the most pity, the most mercy, the most courtesy in a society. And what kind of human being could it be that would push him around? What kind of despicable, disgusting human being could that be? You see, when you deny the akhirah, you've denied something that was in your heart. And when you deny something in your heart, your heart becomes a little hard. And when your heart becomes hard, one of the things that goes away from your heart is mercy. Because for believers, Allah says, bil right? Thumma kana amanu. you know, Bil Marhaba Iman, one of its consequences is mercy. And when there's no iman, what's gonna go away also? The things that are good inside the heart will also start disappearing and getting rusty. This person lied against the religion, and it was easy for him now for his heart to be for him to be heartless. To push an orphan around. Yadur al Yatim. Da'a in Arabic is to push someone far away with the expectation they can't push you back. You know there's different words for hitting people. Da'a is to really push someone afar. You know, and the idea the, uh, is also to intimidate someone and to kick them out of a gathering by bullying them. Get out of here, and you push them out, like kick them out the door. This is the attitude he has towards the orphan. By the way, you know, yatim is someone Allah Azza wa is so sensitive about this concept of orphanage. Allah Azza wa is so sensitive about it. Suratul Nisa, Suratul Nisa. We would think it's going to talk about women. Guess what? It starts talking about wa yatama Wa atul yatama, the orphans. The messenger, sallallahu wasallam, is being warned. Wa amma you know, fa amma yatima, fa amma yatima. First, he went to the yatim. Then wa amma saila, then the one who asks. But the yatim first, subhanallah. Then the biggest criticism against the kufar we read previously in the same juz: Kalla billatukrimun al yatim. You don't, you don't give dignity to the orphan? You don't honor the orphans? What kind of people are you? You're supposed to be honoring them. Far from honoring them, there's one thing I don't honor them. Far from that you're pushing them? So one criticism was you don't honor them. But this has gone way further than that. This, the situation has got a lot worse in this surah. الَّذِي <laughs> That is the one who pushes the orphan. Then there's the use of the word you know, in this ayah. As opposed to هَذَا. فَهَذَا الَّذِي This is the one who pushes. He said, that is the one who pushes. ذَٰلِكَ is اسْمُ baid A pointing word used for something far away. Allah has distanced this person from himself and from his messenger Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. is also used يَدُلُّ عَلَى التَّحْقِيرِ It is used to, to, to basically uh, diminish his status. That pathetic one. By the way, it was used in, polit- in politics recently. You know, I disagree with that one. <laughs> This idea of referring to someone as that is to, to belittle them essentially. So thalik Allah belittles this person and humiliates him. How dare you humiliate the orphan? You're the one who deserves to be humiliated. Fa thalik يَدُعُ يَتِيمٌ A little more commentary about the fa'. So one fa' sababiyyah. One the fa' I just described to you before, I got into this commentary, was fa sababiyyah. In other words, he lies against the religion. And that is, and because of it, he pushes the orphan around. So there, there's a cause and effect. But the other now is fa atafiya, which means. The one who lies against the orphan and, or lies against the religion and does this. In other words, these are two sides of the same coin. The first crime was against Allah and the second crime against humanity. When you do a crime against Allah, that's only one part of your criminal behavior. Naturally, the other part will be crimes against humanity. And the, the flip side is true also. If you do criminal behavior against human beings, it is only natural that you're probably engaged in criminal behavior against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These, these go hand in hand. So, فَذَلِكَ الَّذِي يَدُعُ الْيَتِيمِ uh, ذات ذات صفة صفة we talked about the, these also to, to issue a cause كان كفره كان كفره he's saying الله, that if his kufr if he's a kafir and he lies against the deen then his disbelief is a cause for him to push the orphan around that becomes easy for him it's, just, it's an easy next step for him now such is typical for أَلَّذِي يُكَذِّبُ بِالدِّينَ One of the things that this surah is teaching us is the one who denies the next life, behavior like pushing the orphan around is typical for him. But this is not the only behavior. There are many other evil things this person does, but this surah chooses to highlight one particular area. That does not mean that this is the only thing they exhibit. A denial of the next life or an attitude that denies the lex life, that criminal behavior can manifest in many ways. But this is one of the worst ways in which it, inhib- it exhibits itself, it manifests itself. Why is this one of the worst? Because Allah comes to the defense of the orphan the most. And we know this because even the Messenger of Allah sallallahu كان يتيماً sallam Right? He himself was an orphan ﷺ. وَمَعْنَى يَدُعُوا يَدْفَعُ دَفْعًا بِعَنْفٍ وَجَفْوَةٍ this is very strong language. The, the, the meaning of yadu'u is to push someone with animosity and intimidation. Yadfa'u al yatim an haqqihi daf'an shadeedan that to push the orphan away from his own rights. So it's not some stranger pushing the orphan away. A stranger might even, not even know he's an orphan. You're walking down the street, nobody knows you're an orphan. But the, his own family, the neighbors, people who know him, that know that he has rights over them, or that child or he or she has rights over them, they're the ones who push him around, and push him away from his own rights. He's coming to eat the food that his parents left him, no, get out of here. They're doing an offense against him for the money that he himself deserves, or she herself deserves. And more on that inshallah ta'ala, when we get to the language of uh, you know, ta'am al-miskeen, we'll, we'll see more about that inshallah ta'ala. Now, this word da'a is also used in the Quran to describe people that are going to be pushed literally pushed into hellfire yawma yuda'una ila jahannama da'a same word the day on which they will be pushed into the fire of hell, into the fire of Jahannam, a, a strong push, may Allah protect us from being pushed into the fire. و... You know, uh, ash comments, it's already been said several times, that the Quraysh were a kind of people, that you y- arrithun rather, you-arithoon, they did not give inheritance to women nor to children. So even though they deserved it, they pushed them away. Now, Another meaning of yadu'u, Another in, uh, قِرَاءة is yad'u يَدْعُ So there are two ways it's been recited classically قُرِعَ aidan. So فَذَلِكَ الَّذِي يدعو الْيَتِيمُ What does that mean then? It means he calls the orphan And the way that's been understood by classical scholars is That the one who the orphan is living with He calls him, uses him, abuses him and pushes him away He only calls him when he needs him and then pushes him away. So, in other words, he's just turned him into a slave or a servant. Yad'u used for the one you're calling. For service, in the sense. So he's only turned this, the, the one he's supposed to honor, and the one whose rights he's supposed to be terrified about, he uses them not for nothing more than a servant. I'll read the exact quote for you, inshallah ta'ala. This is from Tafsir al-Razi again. أَيَدْعُ رِيَأً رِيَأً that he only calls him, he doesn't feed him, and when he calls him, he only calls him to use him, and to just make use of him, or even make fun of him. This connection between denying the next life and having bad behavior towards people. This is not the first time in the Quran. This is coming. The connection between these two things. We have read about these things before. For example, nasi wa The people who cheat in business. They heckle even the small. They try to get the smallest profit to cheat the customer out of one gram, you know, or half, you know, half a pint or whatever to cheat the customer. And Allah says, even at the end of that behavior, Have they not assumed? Have they assumed that they're never gonna be brought back? In other words, He connected their criminal behavior against people with being brought back, with the Akhirah. These two things are connected again. Similarly, in Surah alaq kalla innal insana لَيَطْغَىٰ Know the human being, he truly rebels. Why does he rebel? أَرَّآهُ اسْتَغْنَىٰ Does he think that he's free of need? إ it is only to your master you have to be returned. Rebellion compared with... The, where did it come from? The idea that I don't have to be returned. The two things put together again. One more place, فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى as, the, as for the one who gave. This surah is the one who doesn't give. But the one who gave and has taqwa, sadaqa bilhusna. He confirmed the truth. He confirmed the most beautiful thing, which is the truth, this Islam. On the other hand, وَأَمَّا مَمْ دَخِلَ وَاسْتَغْنَ... وَاسْتَغْنَ... And the one who is cheap and doesn't think he needs anyone else. He thinks himself free of need. وَكَذَّبَ husna? He lies against the most beautiful truth. So the, the two things are collect, con- connected constantly in the Qur'an in several other places. Now we move forward. And an interesting transition. وَلَا يَحُضُّ عَلَى طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ This if not I mean I already said these are direct blows to the leaders of Quraysh but this is the most direct blow to the leaders of Quraysh this ayah وَلَا al ta'am طَعَامِ miskin, commonly translated and he doesn't enjoin or encourage the feeding of the poor that's how it's commonly translated there are a few things here in the previous ayah we learned about their personal lives their, them in their own family in their own tribe oppressing who? the orphan and that's their personal business but these are the treasurers of society. These are the people in charge of the budget. These are the people in public life. In their private lives, their corruption is. But in, the public, in public life, you know, there's poverty, homelessness, there's these issues in society that leaders have to deal with. And leaders should be at the forefront. What, what should their campaign be? End homelessness in our community, end hunger in our community, A, you know, end these problems, feed the poor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is what public service is about literally serving the public. But if politicians, which is what these people were, if they're corrupt, then instead of serving those who are in the most need, they serve those with the deepest pockets. Their attitudes change. So they're not, they're not there because they know they were not brought into power by the poor, they were brought into power by the rich. And they need to protect the agenda of the rich instead of protecting the agenda of the poor. So they don't even bring it up. They don't because you know their interest. They have no benefit. When you're in a position of power, this is time to make more money and expand your power base. And you will get nothing out of fighting for the rights of the poor. What are they going to give you anyway? So forget giving them la yahudu. He doesn't even encourage it. He doesn't even encourage giving of the poor. Why doesn't he encourage it? There are several reasons. One, if he encourages it, then people might say, "What about you? (laughs) You're not giving." You, you even push the, the needy in your own family around The orphan, you don't get, let him eat You're gonna tell us about, you know and, so, and if he does it, public eye will be on him He has to be the first one to do it So he doesn't even bring it up Might as well not bring it up The gentleman's agreement I'm not gonna ask you, you don't ask me <laughs> right? This is the attitude of this corrupt leader in Quraysh That's being exposed We know why you don't talk about it Allah is exposing I know why you don't bring it up I know this is a problem in your face. You see people oppressed in the streets all the time, and the treasuries are full, but you wouldn't want to exhaust those wealth, that wealth for these people, and we know why. Because you want those treasuries for other things. And you don't want to open your mouth even about the rights of these poor people. Unless they have the money to establish a lobby and give you a lot for your campaign, then you will fight for their rights. Otherwise, these people are worthless to you. This is old times and our times, nothing has changed. And this is not one country, another country, this is all countries. This is politics of the world. Right? People in positions of leadership trampling over the rights that they are supposed to take care of first. The, one, the ones that they're supposed to be there for first. And Allah Azza wa Jal exposes them right in their face. Wala yahuddu ala ta'am al miskeen. Now, habba is similar in Arabic to hatha. Both of them mean to make something rise or to push something forward. And to, to, to move something along. Like you know when you say the Lord's giddy up and you move it forward. That's hatha with a tha. But for everything else that you move forward, like if you're moving an agenda forward or you're encouraging the people to move forward and get something done, then hadda is used. This is hadda. Yahuddu ala ta'am al miskeen. is also used to, to encourage people to move forward on something good. So he doesn't even encourage it. Forget doing it. Allah didn't even say, وَلَا يُطْعِمُ الْمِسْكِينَ He doesn't feed the poor. Forget that. That's already. I mean, if he's pushing the orphan around, there's no point mentioning he doesn't feed the orphan. That doesn't even need to be said. Now Allah Azza wa Jalla didn't even say masakeen ولا يحب على طعام Poor people, plural. miskeen, singular. He's not even concerned about one. <laughs> Forget many. He's not even concerned about one. He 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 doesn't care. And you know the use of these singulars. It is used for another purpose too. Because the criminals, instead of thinking all of the orphans, يت, not yatama yatim, right? Yaduul no. Yaduul and not masakin miskeen. Use of the singular makes them think of the particular miskin and the particular yatim that they have oppressed, and so their minds travel immediately not to general concepts but to their immediate behavior. Allah Azza wa Jalla psychologically takes them to their criminal behavior, making them realize, "I know what you've been up to. I know what you did with that miskin today." ta'am al-miskin. You know, another word to encourage people is harra. Another word in the Quran, just FYF for vocabulary purposes. We said hatha. Hatha, Hathith comes from it in the Quran. Then there's habba to encourage people to do something good, to push them, to motivate them, and that's you know what politicians can do, leaders can do. They can take the mic and encourage a people to do something together. Right? They can rally the people. But he doesn't do so. Then there's harrada, and this is used for the Prophet. Harridil Mu'minina, Ya Ayyuhan Nabi, Harridil Mu'minina Al Kital in Sutul Anfal encourage, entice the believers to fight harrada is used when you encourage someone for something if, you, if they don't do it, harm will come upon them so you better do it you, let, let's come on, let's do this because there are consequences if we don't that's harrada so now, in this ayah وَلَا عَلَىٰ طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ some more commentary لَا نَفْسَهُ he doesn't even encourage himself وَلَا أَهْلَهُ nor his family وَلَا غَيْرَهُمْ عَلَىٰ ذَلِك nor anybody else to do so بالمال, and this is only because of his own cheap attitude towards wealth. بالجزاة, or in utter denial of having to pay back. In other words, the rights of those people who's going to come asking for them? Who's going to fight on their behalf anyway? And there's nothing going to happen to me. So he doesn't think there's anybody advocating for their rights. There is no law firm that's going to issue a subpoena to him. But he doesn't know that the subpoena is being issued right here, right on his shoulders. Right, it's being recorded. That, that he doesn't know because it's a denial of deen already. We talked about in the first ayah. That's why all of this is easy for him. Then, وَإِضَافَةُ al الْمِسْكِينَ Those of you who don't know grammar now, you'll enjoy this. َطَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ mudaf مُدَافِلَيْ This is مُدَافٌ مُدَافِلَيْ In other words, to make it simple, the food of the needy. The food. Maskana. Maskana, someone who cannot help themselves. Who are from sukun. They're in one place and they can't get out of that place. They're stationed there. Unless you help them, they cannot move out of that rut that they're in. You know, some people can change their situation. They can move, they can do something, transfer. Other people are stuck in a situation. They can't do anything, even if they want to. They're stuck in that situation. This is a miskin. They can't help themselves. You have to help them. They're, they're in a position of helplessness, right? Here, by saying the food of the orphan, let's see what the commentary is. تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ it illustrates that that food is actually the right of the orphan, it belongs to him. Allah didn't say, they don't encourage giving food for orphans, or for for the needy. He said the food of the needy. If you say the food of the needy, or the needy people's food, like if if I say, you know, the food of mine, it belongs to me. Allah is saying, they don't even encourage giving the poor what is actually theirs. In other words, not only are they shutting their mouth about giving them the right. Why is that happening? Because if they give them, what's gonna go in their pocket? In other words, these people, not only are they not encouraging charity, they're actually corruptly consuming that charity wealth for themselves. And that wealth actually belongs to the poor. عَلَى طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ Then, فَكَأَنَّهُ مَنْعَ الْمِسْكِينَ It is as though he is forbidding the the needy from what is actually his own right. This illustrates the peak, the very, the worst state of his cheapness, and the hardness, the stiffness of his heart. How can he do that to a poor person? He looks at him outside, and yet he can keep his his money. He's not even giving charity; that's his money, and he's keeping it for himself. What kind of heart can that be? Then the other interesting thing here is Allah did not say إطعام. I'ttaam, feeding. The word It'am in Arabic means feeding. A lot of translations, for example, they'll say just for the ease of English, and he doesn't enjoin or encourage the feeding of the needy or the feeding of the poor. Though, if the word feeding was here, it would have been I'ttaam. But the word itam is not here. Ta'am is here. What's the difference? Ta'am means food. When you say feeding, then you are saying that you're doing something out of the ordinary. When you're saying food, you're referring to something that already belongs to him. Ita'am would have been referring to the act. And if you're feeding someone, that doesn't mean that the food belongs to them. If I feed you, it means the food belonged to me and I gave you. But if I gave you the food, your food, that means it belongs to you. So the word ta'am is really important here. Subhanallah. The food that belongs to the orphan. They don't even encourage speaking up for the rights of the orphan that they already deserve. So, now that we've come to this terrible, terrible state in regards to the people, Allah Azza wa Jalla switches gear and starts talking about people who pray. فَوَيْلُ Musallin. You know what a musalli is, someone who prays. All of a sudden the subject changed. Remember I told you it seems like the surah is talking about two different groups? But we'll discover eventually that they are actually one group. Let me tell you the popular, you know, what's been repeated over and over again that they are two different groups and how that's understood. We'll give that its due first. First, in this ayah, in this next ayah, then as a consequence, the worst form of destruction and curse. Wail. We had a long discussion about wail, وَيْل, where humazatin وَيْلٌ right? Fawailun This ayah is very powerful because here Allah Azza didn't say the worst destruction will fall upon the people who pray on that day. On which day? The day of judgment. The, the judgment that they denied in the first ayah. No. He said already. There's, no, there's not يوم idin on that day. They're already in destruction. Don't, it, it is as though it is already hovering upon them. Meaning Allah issues a threat to them in the most immediate fashion. As opposed to saying what he says elsewhere. lil mukaddibin. Here, fawailun lil not yomaidil lil musallim. Even immediately, right now, they are in a state of destruction. Like, in, in other words, Allah's rage is pretty much ready to launch upon them, heap upon them immediately. Wa wada al makan al The other thing here is, Allah Azza wa Jalla did not say fawailul liladina hum an salatihim. He didn't just skip it, because the word salah comes up anyway, right? Aladina hum an salatihim. the word salat comes up. But he mentions it again first, فَوَيْلُ then الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صلاتهم. This could have been merged into one. Rough translation, the worst form of destruction for those who pray, those who in regards to their prayer are heedless. In other words, the prayer came up twice. This could have been fused. فَوَيْلُ هُمْ Then the worst destruction for those who when they pray, they're heedless. Instead of mentioning the people of prayer for, separately, what is the benefit of this? There are several. One of the most important benefits that we should at least highlight here is when you say فَوَيْلُّ Musalleen, the worst destruction is to fall upon those who pray. Anyone who prays is alerted. Everyone who prays, is this talking about me? Is this talking about me? It should terrify every single person who prays. And you know when you use the word prayer in the classical sense, it's not even limited to the prayer of the Muslim. It's all prayer. It's all prayer. And even the Muslim, if he hears Musalleen. Allah didn't say, Al-Kafirin, Al-Munafiqeen. That would have been clear. Al-Musalleen. We were just Musalleen in Aisha. So even we should be terrified when we get to this ayah. And the fact that Allah stopped here, instead of even continuing the ayah, ayatihi, So they reflect on his ayat. You know, we learn, if you just stop here, you can't just end the salah and move on. You have to keep reading, so it, the meaning is complete. But the fact that Allah ended the ayah here, also has a benefit. And that benefit is, you better, you better think, am I going to be described next? Because I'm a musalli. I'm someone who prays. Right? And this is where the commentary becomes, is this talking about the munafiqun, the people of hypocrisy, may Allah not make us from them. So, the first... Major problem we're going to deal with is what connects the previous ayat with these if we are thinking of this as a separate group. You know, shawkani and Al-Razi rahmahullah, they com- he comments in, in Tafsir Kabir, he says that hurting the creation and forbidding them even the smallest favor, not to mention favor, even their own right, is a crime against the creation. But when you are engaged in crime against the creation, it's only natural that you will be engaged in crimes against the creator. So the other side of his personality is being shown. One violation of the rights of the people, the other the violation of the rights of the creator. And if you, create, if you deal with the Creator in this way, it can, it's only possible if your prayers are hollow to begin with. That's the other conclusion that is reached. That if, if, if that's the kind of behavior you have towards the needy and the poor, then you are the worst kind of musalli there is. The, the, your salah has no goodness in it. There's nothing good that comes out of that prayer, except maybe some cardiovascular exercise. قَالَ أَلَيْسَ إِنَّ عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ isn't it said that the prayer Allah says a prayer prevents you from shameless things and evil things isn't the surah beginning with evil things these are evil behaviors how can these people be those who pray al-musallin al-musallin not even al-ladina yusallun those who pray al-musallin who pray all the time these are regulars in prayer these are the people who, sh- who pray regularly and by the way it switched from singular to plural alladhi araita alladhi Allah didn't say araita alladhina yukathibuna bid-din فَأُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ يُدْعُونَ الْيَتِيمِ It's not plural, it's all singular. But all of a sudden over here, what happened? Plural. Immediately it switched to plural when it came to Musallin. You know why? What kind of people are these? These are not people who pray in private. Where do they pray? In public. They pray in public. Why do they pray in public? Allah will tell us later on in the surah. They pray to do what? To show off. And if you want to show off when you're praying, you can't do that at home. <laughs> you can't do that at home. You have to come in public and pray. But remember who it was talking to, who it was exposing? The Quraysh, right? We'll see why this is important, why their prayers were important, and what prayer is it talking about anyway. Now, let's actually move to that topic. This uh, uh, one opinion in regards to this description is that it includes the hypocrites. But before we get to that, more about that, I want to tell you something about the word wail, the worst kind of destruction. Where is it used in the Qur'an? We saw it used for the most terrible kinds of people. And those were crimes against people, weren't they? Those were crimes against people. Now the same wail being used for a crime against Allah, because praying for anyone other than Allah is a crime against Allah. So one wail for people who do crimes against people, the other wail for people who do crimes against Allah Azza wa Then Allah Azza wa says Abu Bani Israel, he says, Wail is for them who wrote with their own hands saying it's Allah's book. That crime, Allah used the punishment that justifies that crime is Wail. He says, we, we learned about people who cheat in business. Wailun these are pretty bad criminals. And in the list of these criminals now, what crime? Those who pray. How serious is the crime in regards to, if you're messing up in the prayer, these mistakes that people are making in their prayer, these crimes in the prayer, they are that serious, that he put them in the same category, as humaza and lumaza, as the one who wrote the book with his hand, and called it Allah's book, as the one who cheats other people in their business, their, subhanallah. That's how heavy this crime is. These are the, this is where the ayah ranks among other uh, ayat. So, what is that description of the prayer? Before we get to it, let's establish both points. One that it's referring to hypocrites. That's the scholars, the opinion, that say that the rest of this surah is madani. The rest of it. But the other we said, how do we understand that this is talking about the same group? I want to take you back to a little bit of history. Ibrahim salam settles in the city. He says, Rabbi inni إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَةِ غَيْرِ ذِي ذَرْعٍ عِنْدَ بَيْتِكَ الْمُحَرَّمِ I have no doubt established my family, out of my progeny, out of my children's lineage, in a valley that has no cultivation, right by your sacred house. رَبَّنَا لِيُقِيمُ My master, so they may establish the prayer. He made dua that my children should establish the prayer. Which first children? Ismail He's the one that he refers to Ismail alayhi Here we get some idea That Allah azza Had ordained prayer upon Ismail alayhi We find more evidence of this When Allah azza wa says كَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ In Surah Maryam he, Talking about Ismail alayhi It says He used to command his family to pray Pray where? At the Kaaba. So when Ibrahim salam made the prayer, make them establish prayer, Allah fulfilled the prayer immediately with Ismail salam in Surah Maryam, because he said they established the prayer. So Allah taught him some form of prayer that he taught his family and told them to do it. And that prayer is passed down from generation to generation to generation. But it starts getting corrupted. But it's still called what? It's still called prayer. That's still called prayer. The original prayer was only for Allah. The original prayer was full of sincerity. But that same prayer that was given as a legacy to you people, it was given to you by, your, by the prayer of your father Ibrahim. And then under him, Ismail a.s. who told his family to pray, you have made that prayer, that beautiful thing into something so ugly that you deserve the worst kind of destruction. Now how did they do that? How did they corrupt that prayer? Allah a.s. describes, salatihim sahun The first crime. sahwa. You know sajdatul sahu, you've heard that term before? Sahu in Arabic means to be uh, neglect to forget something out of neglect. To forget something because it's not the most important thing to you. This is sahu. Something else was on your mind and you forgot what you think is less important and you overlooked it. This is called sahu. Sahu also includes that if you were if you caught the prayer well in good, if you didn't catch it, eh no big deal. Sahu also means you made plans to make salah. Or you made plans to go to the mall Or you made plans to go play sports Or you made plans to go see a movie or whatever I hope not But you went to, made all these plans But what was not part of your plans Salah time You planned the wedding And it conflicts with Maghrib time Ah, no big deal Right You, 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 you registered for courses And it's right at Jummah time But, you know this, The professor's easy A That's why I took this course I, You know, it fits my schedule better Right And your, your work breaks they may conflict with Salat time. In other words, you, you organize your life, but what's not a concern in how you organize your life? The prayer. You're careless about it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so you go on a picnic, or you invite people over for a party or something, and Salat time came and went, it's okay, we're busy right now. You know, it's not that big of a deal. This is Sahun. Neglectful. Now, Allah Azza wa First of all, mentions before you get to the bigger crime. Your first, the first reason you deserve the worst kind of destruction is you have this attitude about the prayer. This attitude, you know, there's an ayah in the Quran. Allah Azza. A few places. Just I want to give you some idea of the importance of what salah is to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, what salah means. One place, the conversation happens between Allah and Musa. Allah introduces himself to Musa Alaihissalam himself. Himself, what does he say to him? "In ni Allah, Allah, I am Allah, no doubt. Fa'abdni, be worship only me, enslave yourself only to me. is salat and establish the prayer so you can remember me. I mean, think about that. Musa alaihi salam is just talking to Allah. You think he's ever going to forget Allah now? When you talk to somebody important, you never forget. You never forget. You somebody comes over to you, you, say, you know, you know who I met? You know who came over to my house? You know who I spoke to on the phone? Somebody important that you meet? It becomes an imprinted memory in your mind and something, the point of conversation, everyone you meet. You know who I've had a talk with? This famous person. Who is he talking to? Allah azza wa And Allah says, no, 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 that remembrance is not enough to really remember me. You better establish salah. Subhanallah. Now there's this ayah, "Inna salati." Let me translate roughly. No doubt my prayer, my sacrifice, my life and my death all belong to Allah. Life and death is pretty big things. What came first? Salat. Salat is for Allah. I was thinking salah at the end. Of course my life belongs to Allah, so salah is part of it. Part of my life. No, salah first, life and death second. Later on. Subhanallah. What is this salah to Allah azza wa you know? And in, in Surah al Baqarah, instead of calling it salah, he called it iman. Instead of calling it salah, he called it iman. Allah will not waste your iman. Wa li imanakum. When the qibla was changed, Bani Israel come to the believers and say, Oh, all your previous prayers are wasted. Allah says, No, Allah will never waste your iman. What was he actually talking about? Salah. As far as Allah is concerned, there's no difference between iman and salah. No difference between... And by the way, iman is is an act of what? Where does iman exist? Where does it rest? Does it rest in our eyes, in our minds, in our hands, in our tongue? Where does it rest? In our hearts. And so does salah. And these people have salah, but where is it not happening? In their hearts. That's why sahoon, ghafla. Ghafla. You know, heedlessness, carelessness, casual attitude, not that important to me. When something's not important to you, or you don't care for it, not caring for something is a problem where? In the heart. That's their first problem. Subhanallah, may Allah Azza wa protect us from Sahwa in Salah. Now, this, you know, after we talk about this, Allah Azza wa Jal mentions the, more, the bigger crime, actually, before we get to it, I want to tell you something. Uh, uh, one comment, oh, Ash-Shawqani rahimahullah, it hurt me when I read it really, is, you know, you pray sometimes and not other times, min sahin. saheen you belong to this group. You don't take care of the prerequisites of the prayer, you're from the sahoon. You pray like uh, a bird, you pray like a bird picking pebbles. The Prophet described this when some people make sajda. They bang their head and come right back up. And they wait till the end of salat time. Right? This is sahwah also. This is sahwah also. And to be, uh, to be unmindful of the components of the prayer. You haven't even gone all the way down to ruku, it's time to get back up. Right? It's like you're in a hurry, it hurts you, it hurts you. Like uh, all of a sudden you start getting high blood pressure if you're in ruku too long. So immediately, halfway down already it's time to come up. Immediately into such that you come back up. You barely touch it. it they call it hit and run. <laughs> we used to call it hit and run in college, in the MSA. So you finish your hit and run, because you bang, 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 you're done, done with salah. Get it over with, kind of thing. You know? It's like an obstacle in your day. It's getting in the way of the really important things you have to do. You were created for this. Before Allah mentioned your life and your death, He mentioned your salah. You were created for salah. That's, that's your first job. That's the first thing that the messenger is commanded. You know, before he, we think of the messenger as someone who gives da'wah to people, right? That's in Surah Al-Muddathir. Go tell the, warn the people. Before Surah Al-Muddathir, there's Surah al And Surah al what's he told to do first? Pray. Illa pray first. Then go warn the people. Subhanallah. What, what institution is this that we can be careless and heedless about? He says, This is the person, it doesn't bother him whether you pray it or not. You know, in in Punjabi they say koi No big deal. No big. What's what's the big deal? It's okay. Don't make a, don't make a big fuss about it. It's just maghrib. It's all right. There's still time. There's still time. You know, and you keep saying that to yourself. Subhanallah. Anyhow, so uh, the Muslims at least should uh, should uh, organize their daily affairs and especially their social affairs around the salah. Inna salatata kanaat al Kitab no doubt the prayer Especially when it comes to the believers It is that which keeps their time It schedules their life And Allah didn't say الَّذِينَ amanu In the ayah. He said الْمُؤْمِنِينَ If you're truly believers Then everything else will come secondary Salah will come first If you're just الَّذِينَ amanu, Just regularly th- Those include hypocrites too By the way in the Quran right? Then maybe not But if you want to be From the rank of those Who truly believe Then salah schedules The rest of your time The rest of your day Ah, Abu Yali. Actually, the, the entire narration you will find in Tafsir al-Shawkani. So I won't tell you who it's narrated from, except at the end. An Saad ibn Abi Waqqas, radiAllahu anhu. سألت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن قوله الذين هم عن صلاتهم سون He says, "I, I." And this is by the way in the Sunan of Bayhaqi, rahimahullah. Uh, some argue the question, the authenticity of it, others confirm it, ash leans to, in, uh, to confirm it. He was asked about this ayah, those who are heedless, disregarding, careless, negligent in regards to their prayer. Who are these people? The Prophet was asked. He said, Humul ladina salata an They delay the, the prayer from its actual time. I'll just combine all of them at the end. Or wait till the very end before it ends, and get it over with then. Keep procrastinating, keep procrastinating. Alladina hum yura'un. The next ayah. Alladina hum yura'un. The ayah grammatically is complete if you just say Alladina Yura'un. Actually it's even complete if you say wa yura'un. Even then it's done. Grammatically it's still correct. Allah says Alladina, then He says hum, then He says Yura'un. Now this repetition of alladhina litakbih it illustrates how angry Allah is not only are they heedless that's a crime enough when even they do pray reluctantly when even does the time does come to pray what do they do they do it these are the people who do it to show off hum yuraun hum also has another lesson in it it's used to illustrate ikhtisas in other words, the people who are careless about salah, it is easy for them to take the next step and only pray to show off. They will be the. the these people, whenever they're going to pray, their prayer will improve a little, the, the motions will become a little slower, the ruku' will become a little closer to 90 degrees now, when people are around. Only then. It, it is these people. But the, the, the disease started where? First, the prayer was empty. They, were, they didn't care much about it. It wasn't an important thing to them. This was a forget, easily forgotten thing for them. Not the top agenda. And for the youth here, my advice to you, don't sleep late, bro. Don't sleep late. Don't stick on the computer all night long listening to Islamic lectures because you're gonna miss Fajr. That's not very Islamic. Okay? Take care of salah. na قُرْآنَ The Qur the The Qur'an of Fajr prayer will be witness for you. It will be witnessed. It is witnessed by Allah. It is witnessed by the angels. It is witnessed by those who are recording your de- Allah says that for the Qur'an of Fajr. How do you make Fajr? You go to sleep early. How do you go to sleep early? You stop watching stuff. That's how you go to sleep. To keep your laptop off after Aisha. Don't turn it on. Just don't turn it on. I know you have high speed internet. I know nobody else is around. And this is the time that you have to chill. Stop chilling. You know, wake up for fajr. Get up for fajr. Pray pray isha on its time, pray fajr on its time. Start from that. Before I tell you make every salah in the masjid and all of that, let's begin with the first thing first. At least get before first thing first step, pray them on time. Fajr and asha at least get start institutionalize those. Once you can get those, then if you really want to make a really significant step, before you talk about adding nawafil and extra fasting, let's start doing fajr and asha at the masjid first. Let's do that. You could do that, then other steps are easy. You can't do that, that's your project. That's what you worry about. Because until then, maybe may Allah not include us among those for whom Salat is not the most important thing. Allahumma la taj'alna mina sahin fi Salat. Then Allah says, He didn't say fi Salatim. In regards to their prayers, they are careless, heedless, forgetful. He didn't say in their prayer. That's a mercy from Allah. Because all of us at some point get careless in the prayer. And if Allah said, Fee, all of us would be destroyed. There's An. <laughs> in regards to the prayer, not in the prayer itself. Because in the prayer, sahwa happens to all of us. You made three sajdas. You made five rakahs instead of four. You make mistakes. You started thinking about what, what she made for dinner in the middle of salah. That happens. That's sahwa Fis salah, not An salah. An salah is dinners being made or you know you know you're watching some show and it's your favorite episode or something and then there's salah time too but you're like I don't know what to pick salah entertainment tough call قل ما عند الله خير من اللهو ومن التجارة tell them what Allah has is better from entertain better than entertainment it's better than business the two things that keep people away from salah is entertainment and business and Allah mentioned entertainment first because that if, that's the virus that infects most people. <laughs> Business only for business people, but entertainment everybody's got a problem. Wallahu khayrul raziqeen. And what are you worried about business? This comes from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He mentioned this at the end of the ayah. Subhanallah. Now let's move on inshaAllah wa ta'ala and, and wrap up the surah. Um, here, يراؤون, interesting word Allah used to, to talk about showing off. Ra'a in Arabic to see, Ara to show, Ra'a from Mufa'ala. I never got into the form, so those of you that are into grammatical form, form 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, can't handle it. I just know it, mufa'ala, taf'il, if'al. I can't do the numbers. That's a, it's a more Roman thing, I hate it. Uh, but anyway, I will tell you, this is, uh, you know, fi'al or mufa'ala. Ra'a, yura'i, ri'a'an, ri'a'an, mura'atan, or mura'atan also. These are the forms of, of this word. What does it mean? It comes from mufa'ala, which means of two parties to struggle against each other. To, so one is struggling for the other to be seen. For, for him to be seen by the other. That's yura'un. They're trying really hard to be seen when they're praying. So they find not the quiet corner in the masjid, to make the extended nawafil. They, they find the public place to pray. Why? Because they need to know that people are watching. They need to know that people are seeing. Alladinahum Yuraun. By the way, this is also a criticism of the Quraysh. Why? Because they were leaders, custodians of the house of Allah, Right? And they, you know why they used to pray? Because they had to come off as the religious leadership. These are the spiritual elite. That's why they're custodians of the Kaaba. They're not all about the money and politics. They, they really care about the house. So even if they don't care about the prayer at all, they still have to come out and do the show. This is all an act for them. And Allah exposes that this is nothing but an act. Which is why we said this is one group. This is not just talking about the hypocrite, though it includes them. Primarily, it is expose, exposing the hollow nature of the prayer that they, the mockery of prayer that the Quraysh are doing. I know what your prayer is about. al Hum yuraun. They are doing nothing but showing off to one another. In munafiqina By the way, the word iraa, iraa, muraat, the definition of it. Arahu muttasif bil khair salah ala huwa. Mura'at is to show yourself off as someone good or righteous in contrast to what you actually are. <laughs> That's literally what the word is used for. So by using that word, Allah is saying, you're trying to convince people you're so good. And the reality I know is you're nothing but filth. You're corrupt on the inside. This is the exposition, the, the exposing of the Quraysh and their, their hollow prayer. The deformed pro- form of prayer that is left from the original legacy of Ismail salam. So Innal al-munafiqina yukhadi'una allaha wa huwa khadi'uhum Allah azzawajal says no doubt the hypocrites they try to, to uh, deceive Allah but while He is actually deceiving them wa idha qamu ila salati qamu kusala and whenever they stand to pray they stand lazy whenever they stand to pray Allah didn't say wal-ladhina idha aqamu salata you know aqamu salatatuz zakah you've heard that before? For the hypocrites, Allah did not say they established the prayer, they don't deserve those words. He just said they stand to pray. <laughs> he didn't say they established, they don't deserve those words. And whenever they do stand, they stand lazy. Yura'oon an nas, trying hard to be seen by the people while their filth is not exposed. Wala yathkurun Allaha illa qaleela. they don't remember Allah except very, very little. Some, by some accident, sometimes they remember Allah. But that's it. Maybe for a second something hit and a tear came down the eye. But they want to make sure that tear is seen by everybody so they don't wipe it right away. And you know, and can I have a napkin after salah? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you could just hide it because it's for Allah. It's not for this guy over here. So you could say, oh my God, he was, you know that guy's actually a pretty spiritual guy. <laughs> he was even crying and so on. No, no, no nas. Sometimes it hits them. They don't ever come to the prayer. They still didn't say mu He said they don't come praying except that they are lazy. And they don't spend except that they are disgusted by spending. This surah, they do both, don't they? They're disgusted by spending. And they pray to show off, and they're lazy and heedless. And this is the same attitude of the munafiq. So Allah is talking about the hypocrisy of the believer, but at the same time the hypocrisy of the kafir. They're also hypocrites to their community. Because this is what leadership can do. They can be these hypocritical people, show, portraying themselves as spiritual and mindful of the people's needs, while, ya يحض الْمِسْكِينَ Don't even open their mouth about that stuff. Push the orphan around in their public, in their in their private life, and then when they show off, they, when they pray, it's not important to them. It's the last thing, really, of concern to them. They don't remember Allah in it, and they do it to show off anyway. So, there's a there's a really cool anecdote I found by the ulama about advice to believers in regards to prayer. I'll share it with you. لا يترك النوافل حياة ولا يأتي بها Don't uh, uh, don't leave the nawafil, the nafil prayers, out of shame. The advice is don't leave the Nafil prayers out of shame. Oh, I don't want to be seen as the one who makes all these Nafil prayers to show off to people. I'm embarrassed to make the Nafil, so I'm not going to pray Nafil because I'm a good person. I don't want to end up being a show off. So he says don't leave the Nafil because you're too ashamed. At the same time, وَلَا But don't make them to show off either. So find a balance in between. Other scholars commented the balance in between is make the fard prayer in the masjid and make the nawafil at home make them at home because there's no point you showing off to your children you're being a role model to your children you don't expose to your wife look how long my ruku was she's not going to be impressed with you ever anyway right so there's no point of ri'ah over there that's over here (laughs) so go home and pray the nawafil and extend them so your children see You know the, the home can become a graveyard if you're not praying there so pray at home but you know so balance between these two things and this is something we have to be constantly mindful of. It's not something you can be, just be free from. Which is why Allah didn't just say al kafirun, al kafirin, or al He said al musallin. So everybody should be worried. And the worry is so heavy that when the Prophet sallallahu says ar-riya'u akhfa min namlati as fil laylat al al aswad, you know, the, uh, arrogance and the showing off. This attitude is more difficult to catch than a black ant on a black stone on a dark night to spot that that is the same as spotting arrogance in yourself so you have to be really on the lookout you really have to f- you know, feel for yourself am I getting arrogant am I becoming a show off may Allah azza protect us from it ok so that's uh, the final ayah ta'ala, وَيَمْنَعُونَ ma'un. this ayah and وَلَا يَحُضُّ عَلَى طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ are depicting the same reality but it's taking the final step So notice this surah began with an attitude that's inside the heart, lying against the religion. Then it transferred, the discussion became crimes against people. Then the discussion became crime against Allah. Then the discussion came back to what again? Crimes against people. The two things are intertwined with each other. You cannot separate them. They have become inseparable entities as far as Allah عز is concerned. And people try to separate these two things. You know that? People say, I'm a charitable person, I'm a good person, I just don't pray. Right? And then there are people who pray very, very regularly, but they're horrible to their family and to the needs of the, need, the needy, and they're greedy in their wealth and cheat in their businesses, etc., etc. People try to separate these two things. What does Allah do in this surah? He makes the two things inseparable. You can't separate these two things. If you're good to people, you have to be good to Allah Azza wa If you're good to Allah Azza wa you have to be good to people. It's in, you know, He fused the two, and this is the logic of the Quran. It doesn't let you fall into these extremes and traps. And you know boxes that you create for yourselves. It keeps you balanced. Every surah produces its own set of balance. You know, that, that keeps us from falling into these moral dilemmas and these problems that we have. We're almost done inshaAllah ta'ala, bear with me. Al-Ma'un. Uh, one of the description of Al-Ma'un, and by the way, وَيَمْنَعُونَ الْمَعُونَ And they forbid, they forbid Al-Ma'un. Ma'un has been interpreted by many scholars, even some sahaba as zakat. Literally ma'un comes from ma'an, which is a shay' al Khalil, something very small and insignificant. The loss of which would not pinch you. The loss of which would not pinch you. And it is an Arabic expression, you know, ismu lima yata'awazun nas baynahum min wal wal qidr. It is the thing that people share with each other, like a bucket or a shovel, etc, etc. These are the kinds of things that would be Ma'un, small things that you share and you don't feel the pinch if you give it to someone, it doesn't decrease you. Like you're not using your pen, somebody says, can I write something down? And write it down. You, you didn't really suffer the loss of ink and you say, you know, the price is going up nowadays of ink and I don't know, you know, the lead you lost with the pencil that you gave someone. That's not, you know, it's not something you become cheap about. This is ma'un. The other meaning of ma'un, and by the way, why is zakat called ma'un? It's to the Sahaba. Allah is asking so little out of our income that it should be considered ma'un. That's the attitude of the Sahaba. That's why they called it zakat. That 2.5% is nothing compared to what you get to keep for yourself. So, you know, forbidding even that, it doesn't make any sense. Because it's so little that Allah has asked you. So, uh, another meaning of ma'un: على على it is the right uh, uh, on the slave to give, generally, which is why it's. Uh, uh, Considered zakat. Also, very interesting definition from a literary point of view. It is that which you cannot possibly be cheap in, like water. You can't possibly be cheap in it. But Allah says at the end of this surah, they forbid even ma'un. They are that cheap. They are that, you know, the heart of the heart. It's not even bukhul here, there's something more here. They can't see a smile on somebody's face. They can't find themselves doing something good for someone The first thought that comes in their mind is Why should I help him? Why should, why should I help you? Why should I, give you some help? why should I give you a ride? I don't care I don't owe you anything I don't need this This attitude Not because—not that I can't Not that I will need to use it if you don't use it I just don't want to I don't like you I don't want to help you this is you know qaswat al qalb, the harsh the hardness of the heart. Meaning Allah mentions things one after another that make your heart harder, harder, harder. And it comes to the point where even somebody asks you for something small, asks you for a napkin, they ask you you knock on your door from the neighbor and they say, Can I have some salt? No. And you slam the door in their face. Think they're gonna get salt from me? Ha <laughs> you know. Pathetic. This is a pathetic attitude. But this is how low a person will reach. And you call yourself leaders, you call yourselves custodians of the house of Allah. You, that Allah has, Allah Azza wa Jalla says, min ju'in. In the previous surah, I fed you. I gave you food, and you're gonna act like this? It's like it's yours? You can be like this if it was yours. I gave you the food. And you're gonna hold it back like this? Subhanallah, the contrast between what Allah demanded, what He gave them, and the behavior that they're showing. So, finally, Fa'ul min al المعن We already said هو شيء الخليل uh, Finally, I want to share with you this du'a of uh, Imam Razi رحمه At the end of this surah he made this beautiful du'a And I want to share this du'a with you I, It's really, really moving تَفْسِيرَ هَذِهِ bid dua. We complete the tafsir of this surah with a prayer إِلَهَنَا Our ilah إله, The one that we worship and obey alone هَذِهِ السورة فِي ذِكْرِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ this surah is dedicated to the mention of hypocrites. Was surah al fi Sifati Muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the surah that is coming after it describes the character of the Prophet sallallahu Which surah? <laughs> Inna Atainaka? al-Kawthar. That's what he's talking about. Fanahnu wa illam mu'calli. نَصْلِ إِلَى طَاعَةِ مُحَمَّدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم If we are never going to reach the status of the obedience of the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم وَإِلَى أَصْحَابِهِ nor his companions لَمْ نَصْلِ فِي الْأَفْعَالِ الْقَبِيحَةِ إِلَى هَؤُلَاءِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ Then also not let us reach the lowest disgusting acts of these people either. If we can't reach that high, then don't let us fall in this low either. Right, then forgive us lovingly with your favor, O oh, the most merciful of those who show mercy. And of course, he ends his prayer with sending salawat and salam upon the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi Really beautiful supplication. The final comment to make about this surah after this du'a is that this surah as far as the teachings of the deen one of the core teachings of the deen even if you don't remember the ayat and the proofs and the evidences the teaching the lesson for life in this deen is essentially very very simple the two things that will keep your heart soft and keep prove to you that you are not in denial of the final you know reward and punishment the deen that deen the two proofs of it are how you pray and how much you give giving your dealings with people and your prayer to Allah These are an indication of how strong your belief in the Akhirah is. And what you should, you should be expecting from it. And if our prayers are weak, that's a life project now. That becomes a mission. And if our dealings with the orphans, and we don't even talk about the needs of the other. If we're not concerned about these things, then these things become a concern first and foremost in your own family. You know for a fact there are people in your family that need help. And there are some people you don't like. You don't like your cousin. You don't get along with him. But he needs help. You don't like your aunt. She yells at you. She's annoying. But she needs help. She's financially in need. These people deserve it no matter what because you're not doing it for them. You're doing it because it proves to you for yourself. And inshallah ta'ala, it's a case with Allah. That you believe in being paid back in the end. May Allah Azza wa Jal make us of those who believe truly in our hearts. May Allah Azza wa correct our prayers and keep them from these, you know, these despicable acts. May Allah Azza wa Jal make us the best to each other and to all of humanity and make us living models of the beauty of this deen. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Quran al Hakim. Wana wa ieakum bil ayati wa dhikri al Hakim. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.